You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, here we go again. It is hump day, and uh, we got another podcast in store for you today. And uh, today, we are going to be talking with Kim Tinker of Grayling Outdoors. Now, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I had never heard of this company before uh, until this last year's ATA show. All right. So I'm walking up and down the aisles and whatnot, and uh, you'll hear more of this story in the uh, you know in the actual podcast. But this company has been around for 40 years, almost 40 years. They, they're they not fancy, but they have staying power. And uh, in, in good business, that's what's very important. Now, you're not going to see these guys endorsing a ton of celebrities. You're not going to see these guys um, you know, doing these huge marketing campaigns. But what they've already proven is that they can stick around for 40 years on products like quivers and arrow jigs and... You know, very simple products that are easy to produce, but are high quality, and and you don't you don't just last forty years for no reason. And these guys have been around for a while. You know, this this podcast isn't going to have a bunch of um, bells and whistles on it because, again, this company is a very very simple company. And I I thought that with all the hype in the you know, marketing hype and the dollars that are spent in the in the industry on marketing that I think I think this is, is kind of a breath of fresh air as far as the opposite end of what's happening in the industry. And uh, hopefully you guys can appreciate that. Hopefully you guys like this upcoming podcast um, with Kim and Grayling Outdoors. But before we get into this podcast, I'll keep the intro short today. Let's hear what Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras has to say about the benefits of trail cameras and then how they can hurt a hunter as well. Well, that's a great question, Dan. You know, we talk about this a lot, Chad and I do, you know, sitting around as we're, we're trying to come up with new products um, or ways to make our trail cameras better. And the fact that since trail cameras have become uh, as big as they have over the last 10 to 20 years, 
they're hugely important. They allow us so many things that were not possible before trail cameras became available to us. You know, I talk about it a lot from my personal stances. Trail cameras have allowed me to evolve as a hunter so much faster than I think I would have without them because I'm able to see what's going on and learn so much about the deer that I'm hunting um, when I'm not in the woods. And, and seeing those things have allowed me to, to kind of pick and choose the places and the deer that I want to hunt so much more than I'd be able to if I was just sitting on a log hoping for the best like it was in the old days. But I will say... I think they do get people in trouble in the fact that, you know, a lot of times this day and age, if we're not seeing that big mature buck showing up on camera day after day, we're hesitant to sit in the woods and wait. And, and I think there are times when that's kind of come back to haunt me is the fact that, you know, no matter how much Intel we're able to get, no matter how much, uh, no matter how much digital scouting we're able to do with these trail cameras, um, and all the tools that are available to us these days, there's nothing that, that beats putting time in the woods and learning things that are out there. And I think sometimes we rely a little too much on that data when, you know, sometimes you have to shut that switch off and really go in there and figure things out um, for yourself. If you guys are looking to find more information about Exodus trail cameras, be sure to visit exodusoutdoorgear.com and uh, take a look at their trail camera and, uh, you know, see what the company is all about now if you guys do decide to purchase enter the code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers no spaces and you will receive twenty dollars off of your purchase i say that's a pretty good deal so go do it and now let's get into today's podcast with grayling outdoors all right on the phone with me now is kim tinker from grayling outdoor products how's it going today kim Great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, let's see, where are you guys based out of? We are based out of Grayling, Michigan, in the northern lower peninsula, about 90 miles south of the Mackinac Bridge. Okay. So how's uh, summer going for you up there so far? Beautiful. It's God's country up here. Right. Now, my question is, the further north you get, the bigger the mosquitoes do you guys have a lot of mosquitoes this year <laughs> no but we do have uh what seems to be a uh more than usual tick problem right now really we uh yeah we're finding a lot more ticks than we ever have before so we're just being really cautious about that when you send your animals or kids out you know yeah my, my be very very careful my boss uh at work he moved, he just moved out to the country and he ended up, or his son was feeling sick for a little while and he didn't know what was going on. So they took him to the, uh, doctor and his five, they they found out his five-year-old son has Lyme's disease now. So that kind of sucks for them. It does. It's a, it's a horrible disease that lasts a lifetime. Once you get it, it's very difficult to get rid of. Right. Right. So that's, that's really sad for him. All righty. So today we are going to talk about your guys' company and this, this last year at the ATA show, I was walking around the, uh, you know, the, the, the floors, the floor and the aisles of the ATA and looking at all these, these extravagant booths of these big name companies and, and, uh, I walked by your guys' booth 
pretty simple, pretty plain, um, you know, no real bells or whistles. And I see, I come over to you and I'm like, okay, tell me what you're all about. And then I find out you guys have Mm -hmm. been in the industry for almost 40 years now. And to me, to me, that says something. So when did the company actually start? The company actually started in 1978 here in Grayling. Um, uh, the, my father-in-law and mother-in-law um, both worked with or for Fred Bear. Oh, okay. And so, uh, yeah, in 1978, they, um, my father-in-law had a company, uh, RDI, which was an um, automotive injection molding company. And uh, he made quivers, and then they were sold out of Fred Bear's daughter's garage. Oh, that's kind of a unique story. Yeah. So, um, uh, Sharon, she fletched arrows for a number of years for Fred bear, um, working on a like 60 jig system. Okay. And, um, and Ray, he worked directly with Fred bear on, uh, you know, designing, uh, different, things for uh the bear name okay i gotcha so you so what was what were some of the very first products that you guys put out back in the in the late late 70s no that would be our quivers um we we were very uh or if not we uh ray and sharon were very innovative when it came to um things uh, to bring out um, we were the first, um, company to have a camo quiver. And, um, so, which was done with an actual maple leaf design, uh, maple leaf picked up from the woods behind the shop. And then the, it was cut into a nickel, uh, yeah, a nickel mask okay. was placed over the quiver. There we go. And then a three-step paint system. Um, was used to put the camel pattern on it. I gotcha. Now, yeah. so, so that was the very first camel pattern ever put on a quiver, quiver, and that was you guys. Right. And I still have one of the first, you know, one of the first ones off the line. Oh, nice. That nice. Uh, I usually bring it to the ATA just in case anybody wants to see it, you know. Right, right. So, you know, I, I look at your guys's, um website you know it's fairly fairly simple your guys's booth was fairly simple i look at your products there there's no real bells and whistles they're they're fairly simple but one thing about your one of your newer products that i really like uh i find very interesting and i and maybe you have a patent on it or maybe you you don't but the the broadhead tightener that is built into your quivers oh right can you talk on that yep. just a little bit? That's, sure. Um, yeah, they found that the, the foam inserts, you know, they would tear pretty easily with your fixed broadheads. And um, after a while, they get kind of chewed up in there. And so they built a mold that actually has, uh, it's made out of TPE, the um, insert, which is like more of a rubber, which is also what our... Um, the finger holders that are on the side of the quiver that hold the shaft, um, 
that's what that's also made out of. And so they made these liners so that with fixed broadheads, you know, you just give it a quick twist and uh, it tightens the broadhead to the arrow shaft um, each and every time that you want to use it. You don't have to worry about your fingers getting cut or anything. And then, of course, the liner, this type of liner, lasts a lot longer. Okay. I haven't had anybody ask me to replace it yet. So how, how when did that technology, when did you start using that technology? That, we started using that uh, in the 90s, like the mid-90s. Okay. So is that patented? I mean, is that a patent that you guys hold? And are there any other... Uh, quivers on the market that are like that do that same technology or do you guys hold that? Um, well, we don't actually hold a patent for it right now. Um, I don't know if, um, if there's other companies that utilize that. Uh, I know that there was one company that was copying one of our quivers, one of our first four arrow quivers and inside they did not use it. That's how you knew that it was a knockoff. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Sort of like, uh, I guess my wife likes to look at certain purses and she can say, say, Oh, this isn't, this is a fake one, or this is a real one just because of some minor similarities. So something probably similar. To exactly. That. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. If the liner or the, you know, any inside of the quiver, if it does not have a rubber liner, it is probably not ours. Okay. Now, and I, we spoke a little bit about this on the phone and, uh, you know, being, being plain and ver fairly simple, but you guys, have, you guys have staying power. You've been around for a very long time. Um, how do you guys, from a marketing standpoint, compete with the other quote unquote giants of the industry that have these million dollar budgets for marketing and advertisement and they can pay, you know, thousands of dollars to, you know, these quote unquote, these celebrity entertainers to, uh, um, endorse their products. How have you guys been successful competing with that? Um, we're pretty selective with, uh, where we advertise, um, and, you know, we just go with a tried and true, more customer oriented method, I, I guess you would say. Um, we could spend a ton of money on, you know, uh, marketing to everybody and getting the next, you know, celebrity to endorse it, but they're going to be gone in a year and then I'm going to have to find somebody else where, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, keep doing that. Whereas, you know, we just, we just, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Right. You know, we're, we're selling a really good product at a very fair price. Um, and we just wanted other help other archers out there and bow hunters, you know, to be able to afford it and not make it a, a fashion show or a, um, you know, a, a contest. Right. And doing these, these podcasts, I have found that the hardcore bow hunters, uh, of the world, they don't care one bit about how something looks, but yet how it functions. So, right. Uh, so over the years, you know, as you guys are building these, you know, building these, um, uh, quivers and, you know, some of the other products that you guys ended up moving into, 
what are some what are some hurdles that you guys have had to kind of jump as you guys have i guess grown in this industry mostly um technology has really uh infiltrated everything so you know including archery um you know with your trail cams and sites and drones and everything else uh <laughs> they, they use everything um now uh our biggest hurdle is keeping up with the different um like the the different crossbows and even the compound bows they've become much more open mm-hmm. and so the attachments sometimes there's, you know, a, a little play there trying to get them to attach universally. Okay. So how, I guess, so what you do is you try to make a, a, a universal quiver, let's say, that allows you to, you know, one, kind of a one-size-fits-all type of, uh, of ad- adaptation. Um, do you guys sell products that, if it doesn't fit, you can make it fit with uh, different attachments or stuff, or I guess accessories like that. We do. We act. We sell spacer blocks that um, will help get it off if you need to get it away from the uh, bow a little bit. Uh, we also sell um, swing away brackets that help to move. Once it's attached, you can um, to the you know pre-drilled holes that are already on the bow that you can actually swing it a little bit left or right. Um, and so most of the time, the, especially if a large company is, uh, we OEM out to larger companies um, like Excalibur. Uh, we sold to Martin for a number of years uh, and Horton, a lot of Horton. Um, and sometimes they'll manufacture or have us, you know, manufacture for them for their bow specific to get it into the spot that they want it to. Oh, okay. So you guys, you guys do the work. Let's say, um, a Martin bow has, or comes with a quiver. That would be your guys's quiver. Mm-hmm. Not currently anymore. Um, right, right. they, but it used to be, but Excalibur. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. They do. So, that, so it, that one is. So in the past, you guys, you got, you used, I mean, you used to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, you know, everything from Golden Eagle to Martin Horton. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, other than, other than quivers and it looks like, uh, some of your quivers, I mean, they come in, uh, one, two, three, four, four different four different types of quivers. And then you can get like uh, the camo on them, like real tree, APG, real tree, hardwoods, real, real tree, AP, real tree, hardwoods, green. Uh, you guys are able to do that. Is that like, uh, is that a vacuum molded process that you guys do to get that on there? Uh, the camo patterns are actually put on, um, we do sub contract for, uh, Camel patterns, they're hydro dipped. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, right now, uh, that's how those are put on there. So after we manufacture uh, the quiver and the, the hood part of it, the hoods are sent out um, 
and I just say, you know, how many I need <laughs> and everything. And then they put the camel pattern on and send it back to us. Okay. So uh, outside of outside of quivers, what other products do you guys make? We make most anything that can be made out of plastic. Uh, so we have jigs, peat sites, you know, the little peat sites, uh, cable yep. guards, um, kisser buttons, arrow holders. Uh, gosh, we have, yeah, okay. pretty much anything little that can be made out of plastic. We've tried to make it. Okay. Kisser buttons. I see that peep sites. Um, and then again, all, all this stuff is, is, uh, made in Erka as well. Oh, everything, including the plastic. We get it right here in Michigan, 99% of it. The other 1% if Michigan is out, we get it from Texas. Okay. Um, the, yeah, including um, the magnets I get here in Michigan, not too far from Grayling. Okay. So, do you guys are do you guys where do you sell your products at? Where where if I was going to be you know either walking through a, a bow shop or walking through let's say like a Cabela's or uh, you know a Cabela's or a Bass Pro shop, would I see your guys's products there? Yes, some of them. Okay. Um, some of the Bass Pro Shops carry them. Some of the Cabela's, uh, you know, Gander Mountain, the bigger ones like that, uh, we are in. And then uh, I think it kind of depends on who the buying manager is of that particular store. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we're uh, – I mostly sell to distributors like Kinsey, Tape, Lancaster, um, Allied. Uh, okay. H and H, you know, the large distributors who then turn and sell to the smaller stores. Right. The bo- or the bo- dealers. Yep. And, so the mom yeah. and pop shops of the world. Right, right. Okay. And then um even I, I've noticed that even uh Cabela's and Bass Pro and, and uh Gander Mountain have bought from Kinsey's or, you know, Lancaster or Pape um more than they'll buy directly from me. Okay. So sometimes I don't know exactly where it's at <laughs> once it, you know, gets to the distributor and then who their customer base is. I, I try to know, but uh, it, it's kind of hard, you know, because there's thousands and thousands of little shops out there. Exactly. Exactly. So now from a customer service standpoint, um, let's say I buy one of your products and I have, is- mm-hmm. I have issues with it. Can I call you guys directly and you'll pick up the phone and answer my questions or, or where do the calls yep. go to? You call me directly. And, uh, after hours, the phone rings to my cell phone. So you'll get me each and every time if it's, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the morning which I don't mind. Uh, we sell all over the world. So I may get a question from Australia and, uh, you know, and, and I'm happy, very happy to help anybody. Um, customers, you know, that's, that's who, you know, we love. <laughs> right. Right. Customers is what is what makes the world, uh, world go around. Right. Right. And, and we really strive for that personal experience. Even, uh, Though we're a big manufacturer and everything, we want people to feel comfortable to call us and ask, you know, hey, 
why can't I get this jig to work right? Or why can't, you know, something's wrong with my uh, quiver, you know, those, the levers too hard or something like that. Okay. And uh, I, I would much rather them call me than to just say, Hey, forget it and throw it away. Or, you know, tell 10 of their friends that it's a sucky product. Right. <sighs> right. So you guys have been tried and true. You kind of stay with what works. Um, but as far as going to the future, do you guys have any sites set on new products or updates to current products that are kind of, uh, I, I guess, in the plan, in the plans? Well, we have a lot of stuff sitting in, you know, research and development right now, like a lot of quivers and everything. The problem with that is that the quiver market right now is so saturated. It's, right. you know, everywhere you turn, everybody's got a quiver. And, which is great. You know, it gives the customer a lot of uh, choices, but right now we're just going to kind of step back because we have, you know, so much work going on with what we're already doing. Um, I, again, our jigs are, because we're now in, getting into all the schools, the school archery programs, Right. Um, the jigs are really going fast. And so we have a, uh, pretty busy keeping up with all those. <laughs> so you mean you the mean Fletchers. The Fletchers, right. So so when you say you're getting into the schools, a lot more kids are picking up archery and they are going to learn how to fletch their own arrows or the bow shops of the world need more fletching jigs because that's where people are buying their archery equipment. Well we hope that the, the kids are going to learn how to do it on their own. It's a, it's a great craft. It's an art, yet it's something that anybody can do. Um, the kids' uh, demographic and women are the fastest-growing point in archery right now, mm -hmm. which is great. And so we're really trying to um, cater to them a little bit. Right. And uh, hope that they you know, pick this up and can do it for the rest of their life. Perfect. So going back to your quivers for a second, what do they retail at? Okay. Our quivers, they retail anywhere from uh, 10 to um, $20, depending on the style and if there's a camel pattern on it or not. Right. But yeah, they're very, very affordable. But our, our median price point would probably be about $15. Uh, they're guaranteed for life. Um, if anything breaks on it, which it shouldn't, you know, um, you just give me a call and I will absolutely happily send you a new one. Uh, so when you say uh, life, like they're guaranteed for life, um, even if I... If I bust it on my on my fault, are you guys going to replace it? Or if it's some like uh, if it's just uh, normal wear and tear, or if you're going to assemble it and it breaks, how's how are you dealing with that? Well, both the um, anything manu any manufacturer defect, uh, of course, we would absolutely replace that. Um, if you go to assemble something, um, put it on your bow and it breaks. Absolutely. Um, as far as, uh, oh, and normal wear and tear. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, because they, they're built to last. Uh, they're made of, you know, really tough 
a glass filled nylon and made to withstand everything from the elements to, you know, to hot, to cold and, uh, anything that you can pretty much throw at it. Um, now if you like seriously abuse it, you know, run it over with your truck <laughs> or something like that. Um, if it breaks too, I mean, we've had them run over and they have not broken. Uh, one of our jigs was in a house fire and he said that was pretty much the only thing that lasted. Oh, well, made it through. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And so, um, they're, they're very, I, even though they're made out of plastic and you would think that they wouldn't last, they, they do. But if it's, you know, I mean, if you really want to return something that, you know, you did yourself that you broke on purpose or whatever, just to see if I would take it back, I probably would. Because you're a nice person. We don't right? get very many. <laughs> I, I'm a nice person. I am. And, uh, I, I try not to question other people and I hope that they're nice too. So right, right. I'm pretty honest and I kind of assume most people are honest. Right. So this, uh, this quiver again, is that, is this permanently attached to the bow or can, is there some kind of uh, quick disconnect that you can, when you say take it, when you get to the tree, you take it off and you can um, hang it from uh, a, a bow hook or put it in your pack. Yeah, uh, it's actually in always in two pieces, and you have the part that stays on the bow, and then uh, which we have a, a couple different designs: a dovetail design, a um, what we call the GE, which is kind of like a light switch um, design, and the twist lock uh, design also, and. The, the one piece stays on the bow and then you can just quickly detach your quiver from that once you get up into your tree stand. And then if you wanted to buy another one of those locks, a lot of people just attach one to the tree or to the side of their um, tree stand. And that way they can take the quiver off, hang it on the other uh, lock system and they're good to go. Perfect. Perfect. Let's see here. Um, what, uh, any, any other products that you want to talk about that, uh, um, that we may not have covered yet? Uh, one of my favorite things, which I'm surprised that, um, I, I don't think people realize actually it's our broadhead sharpener and it is completely adjustable. Okay. Uh, it's made with a 320 grit. Um, honing stone on top, but it has the ability to, you know, come out uh, to open up to almost, uh, it's about seven eighths of an inch wide. And then you can also uh, adjust it um, for, you know, inverted, flat, and then um, I don't know what the house looking one is called, but it looks like the roof of a house. Right. Uh, but yeah, you, you, it's fully adjustable. You set it. It's not just flat, you know, you can get a real nice, sharp, sharp edge on your broadheads. Uh, you can use it for knives if you're out there in the field too. And, and it's small enough that you can just throw it in your pack and take it with you. Cool. And it's uh, extremely reasonably priced at only $15. 
Nice. You know, that's one thing that I used to shoot mechanicals for years, but because some of the states that I go hunting in don't allow mechanical broadheads, I've kind of switched back over to fixed blades. And I know I have some blades that I, sh I could probably, that could probably use some sharpening and I definitely am going to have to pick up some kind of product that, uh, I can, instead of, you know, spending money on replacement blades, I can go ahead and get something like this and, and save, uh, you know, save a little money. Right. Exactly. Um, let's I'll see be happy here. to send you one. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is this, what is this retriever thing that you guys sell? Okay. Yeah. You just, it's another simple design, but, uh, it, it sells really well. Uh, you clip one end to your belt loop and the other end to your bow. And then you climb the tree and bring your bow up after you so that you don't have to worry about it knocking against your leg or the tree or, you know, as you're climbing up. Right. So it's, it looks like it's on a spool. Does it unravel mm -hmm. as you climb up the tree stand? Well, you unravel it first. Okay. okay. So it's basically and, like, it's basically um, like a spool of thread that holds rope, and you just un mm -hmm. you unwrap it, and then it's so that spool is basically something for you to wrap it back on before you put it away after you get your bow in the tree. Exactly. Okay. Yep. You know, yep. all all these very simple designs are. I think go unnoticed at times when simple, you know, that, that old saying, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, exactly. I, I think, many of my passwords are that. <laughs> <laughs> you should, now you're going to have to reset all of them. Right. <laughs> but, but. Okay. My personal password. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. But, um, but on, in the, in, in my opinion, I feel like the, there, the industry at times tries to complicate things in order to make that and to make a product seem, I don't know, kind of better than what it is. Like it doesn't necessarily need all the bells and whistles, but you know, because of the marketing and because of the dollars that are spent, we could probably convince people like me, there's times where I'm gullible to marketing as well to, uh, to, make a purchase that maybe I could find a product that does the same thing for, you know, 50% less. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all about um, justifying their existence within the organization too. Right. Right. Yeah. They have to do busy work and come up with something. Right. So tell me how, I mean, from a company like, like you guys who have been around so long, what, uh, how, how has the industry changed from when, I don't know, even 20 years ago, you guys had been around for 20 years at that point. How has the, the hunting industry changed in the last 20 years? Well, the, you know, as far as, as a company, you know, back 20, 30 years ago, um, it, it was very much a good old boys club. Right. You know, where people just got together and they talked and they helped each other. And, um, you know, one company would help another company out. And whether it be with a product or a design or just information. 
Right. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen today, but today it's a little bit more cutthroat, I think, okay. um, a, a lot more corporate. Um, there, you do get a lot of your, um, the, the higher ups that do hunt and everything, but, uh, a, a big part of the company may just be there as a business move. I, you know, um, and then as far as hunting goes, you know, back 40 years ago, you just needed your bow and you and uh, somewhere to go. Right. And you could wear hunter orange and you'd still take down just as many deers or right. bucks. And now you need that plus the latest sight, riser, quiver, release, right. you know, everything. And then don't forget to take a shower and <laughs> uh, wash all your clothes and, you know, some type of a scent blocker and before you go and put on the dough urine or something, you know? <laughs> so what you're saying is the industry is, is tricking us to spend more money, right? I think so. I mean, Indians did it for, you know, thousands <laughs> of years. They managed to catch Buffalo wearing nothing but a, you know, using a stone and, um, <laughs> and feathers. And a, and a loincloth. Exactly. Yes. Well, um, let's see now if people want to find out more information about Grayling outdoor products, uh, where, where should, uh, where should you send them? They can, uh, just go on the web to graylingarchery.com or graylingoutdoorproducts.com. Either one will bring you a site. Um, I am trying to update it and put more information up with uh, more of a, a blog to give more, you know, helpful tips. Um, and that's another thing that I'd like to do this year or hopefully by next year at the latest is to come up with videos, you know, that explain more about our products and how they're used. Right. Right. But we do have some very loyal customers who have, put up videos for us, uh, which we are very appreciative of. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, Kim, I, I tell you what, thank you very much for coming on the show and, uh, talking about, uh, your guys's products and, uh, um, good luck in 2016. Well, thank you so much. It was great to, to talk with you. And we are done for today. A uh, huge shout out to Kim and Grayling Outdoors for coming on the show, talking a little bit about the company, talking about the products. Um, definitely go and uh, check out their website just to kind of see what I'm talking about. Um, huge shout out to you guys for taking time to download this podcast or listen to it online, wherever you're listening to it. Um, be sure to check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and what else, what else? Huge shout out, a double huge shout out, triple huge shout out to Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, I, I just posted a blog about my very first uh, card poll of the season. And uh, so this, this past weekend I was able to check my trail cameras. So I, I wrote a blog um, about some highlights of the deer that I, I got on trail camera. So if you want to go uh, take a look at uh, what some of the Exodus trail camera pictures look like, go to my blog and that's at ninefingerchronicles.com. And uh, what else do I got to say? What else do I got to say? Oh, 
back to Grayling Outdoors. Uh, they have decided to take part in this week's uh, giveaway, today's giveaway. And uh, same as always, guys, here's what you have to do to win. All you have to do is share the Facebook post on the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page that mentions this podcast. Then you need to go to Grayling Outdoors Facebook page and comment, Nine Fingers Sent Me. And uh, this week, I'm going to be picking four winners, all right? Four different winners, and uh, up for state, up for grabs is one of the, your choice of uh, Quiver. So, yeah, pretty pretty simple to do. That's how you enter it. Um, that product's made in the, made in the USA. That's uh, kind of rare these days, but uh, enter and win. So... What else do I have to say? Oh yeah, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good one.